Remembering Steve West. That's what we're doing here. And uh, thank you for checking this out. My name's Chris Cantori, and shortly we'll be joined by a couple of friends of Steve's, including Terry Nunn of Berlin, Johnny Vatos of Oingo Boingo, drummer of Oingo Boingo, and uh, Robin Roth, former colleague, will also be checking in here, and I've got some audio to share of Steve, a uh, podcast I did with Steve along with some uh, an interview he did with Creative Mornings a couple of years back. But uh, first, a l- little bit on Steve here more than a legend, an icon here in San Diego and the influence he he's had, the cultural influence he's had in our town, our community is just profound. He has touched so many souls, influenced n- not a generation, but generations. People who grew up listening to him had kids. Those kids had kids. And those generations all knew Steve West as being intelligent, Affable, funny, caring, kind, community-based. Putting the community and others before himself. Imagine that in this day and age. Influenced so many broadcasters, uh, present company included, and broke so many bands just based on the relationships he had with these bands and he nurtured these relationships. And because 91X was a Mexican-licensed station, He actually uh, lived down in Mexico for a short time and would be a tour guide to a lot of bands and introduce them to Mexican culture. It's just incredible. And uh, he moved to San Diego in 82, didn't start at 91X till about a month after 91X launched, uh, January 11th, 1983. 91X at the time was following in the footsteps of K-Rock up in L.A., who had previously switched formats to Rock of the 80s with their modern rock sound. And uh, the program director up there, Rick Carroll, was hired as a consultant down here to uh, essentially kill the old 91X, which was playing like classic rock. And uh, in fact, 91X was playing Stairway to Heaven as the final song of its previous format. And then immediately afterwards, the, the owner at the time, John Lynch, made the announcement of the format change. DJ Mad Max went right into Sex, I May, by Berlin, which takes us to the great Terry Nunn joining us right now to talk about Steve West, who was part of that magical time, which I personally believe was one of the biggest, the, the 91X format flip, one of the biggest days, if not the biggest day, in San Diego broadcast history. Hey, Terry, thank you for taking the time. I know how important... Uh, you were to Steve West, and uh, thank you for coming on and talking about Steve. Yeah, wow. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. You know, he expected, and and I did because he's been battling cancer for a long time. But you're never ready. You know, you just I, I just never ready. Yeah, I think for, we're all still in shock right now. Yeah. Thank you for calling me, Chris. How did you um, first meet Steve, and, and what were the circumstances when he was first playing in Berlin on 91X, obviously? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, goes way back. This guy was a supporter. You know, there's just only a few people that are top echelon DJs that just keep going and doing it, whether they're at the top or not. It's it's not about that really. It's about 
loving music and supporting it and being in on it for as long as possible. You know, that's what he did. It, you know, Dick Clark, another one, you know, up and down in his career, but but loved music. And, and Steve West was just one of those guys that uh, all these decades, you know, from the time that, that we were first played on 91X, which was, I think, 1982. I mean, I know we opened up that whole genre that that Berlin Sex Ima started that whole genre. You're correct. When you switched, yeah, from what was it before? Was it like hard rock or classic rock? Yeah, it was what? more. It was more classic album oriented rock. They went from playing uh, Zeppelin "Stairway to Heaven" and then cut the song, I believe, mid track or right when it faded out. They played you <laughs> yeah they said this is the new 91x yeah and i went into the the berlin song and so when we would go down there we we met with steve he was a champion of the music and and us thank god and i mean 91x honestly I, I love that station. I would try and, and you know, if I were if I was in certain parts of Los Angeles, I could get it. You know, Same. if I was down, yeah, the down south of Los Angeles, you could actually get it a little bit. And I love that station. It's just such a great. I don't know. There was just something. It was magic. Different about it. Yeah. It, it just the kind the way the way the songs were chosen and Steve. West was a huge part of that, you know, how, how, how everything was approached and the excitement about the bands and the knowledge he had and that amazing voice, obviously, you know, that sexy English voice, you know, <laughs> can't get around that. I'm sure he got laid quite a bit from that. <laughs> so, you know, and, and all these decades since, you know, he would always come to our, the shows down there. You know, Berlin's been up and down, and he would always come and say hello and and take me out for lunch or something if there was time, and you know, just just a straight up guy. Yep. And I, you know, you said that he mentored you. How did that happen? When I started at ninety one X, I was on. I was like you. I had uh, moved down here from Los Angeles to go to college at San Diego State. Okay. But I was well aware of the radio station because living up in L.A., I used to pick it up when I would go to the beach and surf at Topanga and Malibu and Zuma. And 91X became my station, and Steve West was my guy. Oh. So when I first got a job at the station, it was my dream to work there. I was doing the morning show and always put Steve on such a pedestal. And when I look at my 11-year run there... He's the guy who taught me some of my greatest lessons about being a broadcaster. He taught me that there's nothing more powerful and intimate than live radio. And if you make, mis and if you make mistakes, they're gone. You have to stay present. And if, if you make a mistake, let it go. The audience has already forgotten about it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and those are the two lessons that Steve taught me. And then he also taught me the importance of being a good dad. Mm. And uh, I just love the guy. You know, we were like brothers. We loved like brothers, and we fought like brothers. You know. Yeah. I love him. I, I, I have a. You know, I, I, I know not many. I, I know that not everybody agrees with this, but 
I'm happy for him because I don't believe that we die. Energy can't be destroyed. I think his body was tired. Our bodies die, and they need to go back to the earth, and I get it. And that's why I'm happy for him, even though I'm going to miss him. I'm happy he's out of that body because it was just not happy. I feel, I feel the exact same way for what it's worth. Yeah, good. He He deserves freedom and feeling good and love and and all of the things without that. So he's there now, and, and I'm happy about that. At yeah, least. and I don't think have it's you, a... Have you talked to Natasha at all? Yeah, she, needless to say, is, is pretty broken up. Uh, but um, yeah. she's on the radar, and she's got a network of all of us kind of surrounding her and looking out for her. So she's not alone, I can assure you that. Good. And uh, I also don't think it was a coincidence that uh, Steve lost his dog Biscuit just a couple of months ago, and oh. I'm I think they wanted to hang out on that Rainbow Bridge together too. Yeah, yeah, we need our peeps on the other side. No and question. Our, and our, our our animals, our well, creatures. <laughs> no question. Well, well, please send her my love. I, I will. I met her once. Uh, I don't have access to her, but I did meet her, and I, I, my heart goes out to her. I will pass it along, and thank you for taking this time. I really appreciate it. I know it's not easy, and much love to you, your family, your band, everybody in your world. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for doing this. Always. It means the... a lot to all of us. All right. Take care. Okay. You too, Chris. Bye. Thank you, Terry. And as I mentioned earlier, Steve West joined 91X a month after the uh, radio station flipped to the cutting edge of rock format. I believe uh, Steve started over there February 3rd, uh, 1983, and except for a few a few lapses, he was at the station for pretty much 30 years. Just an incredible run. Here's a clip of Steve talking about his introduction into radio, and uh, this is courtesy of uh, Creative Mornings. They caught up with Steve couple of years back and here's Steve talking about uh, first getting into radio. I kind of got into it at a very young age when I was um, seven or eight years old. My grandmother had um, one of those wind-up gramophone things (laughs) and they had this big needle and my very first record was one she gave me. It was called uh, Red Sails in the Sunset by, by a guy called Tab Hunter. And um, I guess that was my first introduction to, to music at the time. And then, having grown up in England during the 60s, um, there were commercial radio stations that were offshore. Did you ever see the movie Pirate Radio? That sort of conveyed a little bit of what, what was going on in England during the 60s with with the BBC severely limited by a thing called needle time. So they couldn't play more than nine minutes an hour of music, recorded music, which was kind of a little stifling on the industry. So along came these pirate stations in 1964, playing 24 hour a day pop music. And um, that got me interested because I, I would listen to these guys, the, the, the guys talking about the music on these radio stations. And then at a very young age, it, it, it left an impression on me thinking, that's what I want to do. I want to be on the radio. 
and this was before my teen years, I'd sort of decided this. And then um, when I got into high school, the principal of the high school said that wasn't a proper career to take. And that, you know, I, 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 um, I needed to study to become a lawyer or a doctor or something. And then that really wasn't sort of on my radar. I didn't want to do that. I like music and I like radio. So it just was a natural thing for me to want to combine the two. My father, because I know one of your one of the questions that I got earlier on was was about who was the most influential person in my life, and I looked to my father for that because my father told me that to to make a living in life, find your passion, and then find a way to make money following your passion. That way, you'll always enjoy your job. You know, I hear from so many people who say, oh, I'm so glad it's the weekend, my job sucks, da 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 Well, do something else. Do something you enjoy. Follow your passion always. I uh, couldn't agree more. Uh, also from this uh, Creative Morning sit-down, here's Steve West uh, talking about coming to San Diego and getting the job at 91X for the first time after a little road bump up in uh, San Clemente. I was looking at working in radio in the U.S. when I came here for a vacation in 1980. Um, and I was lucky enough to be able to take care of, take, take advantage of some real cheap transatlantic airfares at the time. So a friend of mine and I came to California, to Orange County actually. We'd made some friends who lived in, in, in uh, Dana Point. And uh, we came to visit them, and I got to listening to some of the radio here. And I'm thinking, wow, this sounds cool. Maybe I should come here and work. <laughs> so we, I, I came back and forth across the Atlantic a few times and, and wound up landing a job in San Clemente in 1982, and, uh, or actually late 1981. And um, I was doing mornings at a station called K-Wave. But... They were very, very conservative and didn't like the fact that we were playing Hurt So Good by John Cougar because they thought that crossed the bounds of decency, if you will. So, and of course, I didn't agree. And uh, for my trouble, I was fired and said, we don't uh, need you anymore. And that turned into uh, a blessing in disguise because I came to say, I, I, I looked in L.A., at radio stations, and I looked in San Diego at radio stations, and I came down here and interviewed <coughs> with 100.7. I went to KGB, both of whom told me they weren't interested. And then I went to 91X, which actually wound up, it was my, my third choice at the time, and gave the guy, a t I thought I used a different approach there. I actually got face-to-face -face with the program director and gave him my tape, and he said, well, we'll call you, and I thought, okay, yeah, that's another will call you yeah and uh, three weeks later I got a phone call in the December of 1982 to come down and check out the studios at which point I didn't know that the studios were across the border in Tijuana to me their office was on Pacific Highway and that's where business was done but when I came down here he said well you know we've got to go on another car ride I said where he said, the studio is just down the road something <laughs> 
we wound up going through, across the border, up the hill, to this little shack on top of the hill, and uh, I guess the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> <laughs> history indeed, my friend. And uh, part of that history is on with us right now. Uh, this is a uh, longtime friend of Steve's, uh, Johnny Vatos of the band Oingo Boingo. Thank you for coming on. I know this is a hard time uh, for all of us and a little surreal, and and we're all probably still in shock, but thank you for coming on, Johnny. You're welcome. You're welcome. Can you tell me about the first time you met Steve West? Well, Steve was working with uh, 91X, and uh, he was a, you know, he was such a big fan. You could tell, you know, how excited he was to meet us, and uh, <laughs> he was he was always full of energy. And we used to back in the days. We used to go down to you have to have to go down to Tijuana, right? And uh, ride in the van and go up the little hill there. And and he it was it, it, he was like a little tour guide. He was like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we we'll look over to the left over here. We see little Paco, little Paco. And he knew all the families, and they all knew him as as he would go up this little narrow road up to the top of the hill. That's just and, amazing. Uh, yeah, it was it was great, and uh, you know, a couple of years later, they they, they had Mex Fest, and um, oh, I remember coming back off the hill. He would always take us down to the streets, and and we'd get tacos. Yep. And um, I remember taking some great pictures down there. Chicklets, chicklets. You know the little the little kids selling chicle, chicle. Yeah. Yeah, but he knew he knew the the great stands. So uh, yeah, because he lived down there for a while. He got stuck. He was having some passport issues, and uh, for yeah. a, for a minute, it was his home. So he knew all the spots like a local. Th- that was, you know, when I heard that, and we, you know, I remember that period. I was like, oh my god! And when I so when I got got a hold of him, I was like, oh, don't worry about it, man. Everything's cool. Da ba ding, bum ba ding, you know. <laughs> yeah, he had a place on the beach. I think he was playing a, paying 150 bucks a month and uh he was always such a champion of you guys and uh I was on the other side as a listener. He's actually the individual who introduced me to Oingo Boingo, your music. Oh, that's great. He was that guy and he had that much of an influence in our community and uh just built these relationships with the bands and what what was special about him to you having integrate you know you've been interviewed and you've met millions of DJs and personalities in your life what was so special about Steve West to you Johnny you know there's there's the business and then there's for being a friend and i think that's what it was about it became a a personal friendship you know about his dogs and about his about his life and he he was um he he got to see my he got to see my son born. He got to he got to experience. I remember at San Diego State was <laughs> the first time uh, we were trying to do sound check, and he and he goes, "Let's take the kids out." And he grabbed my son and my daughter. <laughs> they were like four and six years old. And he goes, "This is Johnny Vatos's kids," and he took them all through the audience, and the, the, everybody was accosting them and wanting to shake their hand and all that stuff. That's uh, amazing. The kids will never forget that. They still talk about that. 
the way he was with kids and families and and his own daughter he was a single dad when there weren't a lot of single dads coming forward at that time you know he was just such a strong beautiful man yeah that's what i remember him it's just it was just personal and very real and um and on top of that he loved music yeah and and you know knowing the way he grew up and like the heyday and the craziness of England and all that in the sixties, you know, we were, we're, we were pretty, pretty close to the same age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he fought such a brave, brave battle with honor and just this fierce grace that I personally had never seen in a human. I'll tell you that much. I, I don't know anyone like that. I don't know anyone with that grace and strength. Same, same. Well, I know he adored you, Johnny, you know that, and um, thank you for coming on. I know the circumstances are weird, but uh, any closing things you want to say about just the legacy of Steve West and the human? It's amazing how many people that are so incredible are on the other side of life now. You know, we've lost such many, so many great giants. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'll see, I won't wait an entire lifetime before I, see him again if you know what i mean and, yeah and so um um this place is a little bit less friendly and and i know where he's at now it's a little better that's amazing thank you for sharing that johnny much love to you and your family during this uh during this crazy time my friend thank you sir Whew. uh that's johnny vatos of uh oingo boingo uh close personal friend of steve's here Steve is, we'll uh, dip back into his session with the, with the folks at Creative Mornings. Here's Steve talking about, well, his three favorite albums, or if he was stuck on a, forget Desert Island, let's just say if he was stuck in quarantine, uh, the three albums he'd be listening to if he could only pick three. Here's Steve. Can I take more than three? I mean, <laughs> um, one album would be, because uh, there are so many. I mean, just so many. One would be probably Disintegration by The Cure. Really great album to listen to with headphones on. Um, I know it sounds kind of cliched, but The Wall, Pink Floyd. Sgt. Pepper was also another one of my favorite albums that I could listen to from start to finish and not skip over a track. That's the way I, my <coughs> way I, I tend to look at an album of work. If I can listen to it from start to finish and not feel like I've got to skip over a track, that has the mark of a great album in my mind. So there's three, but there are so, I mean, I wouldn't limit it to those three because there are so many, so many others. I mean, Under a Bloodbridge Sky by U2, Rattle and Hum by U2, great albums to sit and listen to. But then, you see, if I could only take three records, maybe, I could take one of these, which is about 16 gigs, and put about 100 records. <laughs> this is the way to do it. Um, but yeah, music's always going to be around. It's always going to be. I think it, there are ebbs and flows with great music, as you probably have noticed growing up. You know, you'll have some periods of time where there's some great music coming out, and other time, periods of time where there's, oh, there's nothing really good there. You know. And in closing here, 
I'm joined by um, my dear friend and I don't, loved one. We've got uh, Robin Roth on with us right now. Hey, Robin. Chris, it's good to hear your voice. Yeah, it's been. Um, I know it's been a really, a really tough time for uh, for everybody, the community. I just got done talking to Johnny Vatos and and Terry Nunn, and I wanted to save you. Uh, for the end here, because uh, I know you and I talked a lot yesterday. We we laughed, we cried, we we experienced every emotion under the sun talking about our brother Steve. So how how are you doing today? It's helping me going on social media and seeing people's memories of Steve and what an impact he had on all of us. It, it's so comforting to me as as the tears come and go it's still so comforting to me is that how you feel yeah i i it's i i'm i I have so many different mixed emotions i was well aware i've always known the impact and the influence and connection he had to the community i just never thought i just honestly i just never thought this day would come as he just seemed immortal to me and the fact mm-hmm. he's no longer here i still i haven't i swear i haven't been able to wrap my head around it it's it's still not a thousand percent real to me but i think that also shows you the the impact and the influence that he had you know on people and in our community because we're not really ready to accept it you know <laughs> it's it's not real i totally agree with that And as I'm going through my music, because that's what brings me comfort and joy, it's interesting because I'll come across a song from the Smiths and I'll think about what Steve's favorite song was from the band. I'll see The Cure and I'll start thinking about a couple of Steve's favorite songs, The Sky and A Forest. And then I'll see... Madness, and I'll think of him, and Depeche Mode, and U2, and, and NXS. Beat, I know, and all this all of it. stuff. Boingo, boingo, and and what an impact he had. And before I worked with him, I think I may have told you this story before, but I did share it on social media of how I was sitting in the lobby of, of, of 91X and waiting for my interview and Steve was walked by and I literally lost it. I lost <laughs> it. I was like, what was that? Is that Steve West? Is that the Steve West? <laughs> the Steve West that I've been listening to since the beginning of 91X before I got there. And I was, I was in shock. I didn't, I, I didn't say anything. I just sat there and I thought, my gosh, what if I, what That's if I actually funny. work with him? And then it happened, and here we are. And then the other thing that I just, when I think of Steve, I mean, did you ever know somebody in your career that was as passionate about radio as that dude? I mean, you're passionate, Robin, and Steve was just, it was just something I had never seen before, right? That's something I learned from Steve along the way. Um, he was a mentor. He, he taught me things that I don't even think he realized yep. that he was teaching me along the way. And yes, he lived it. He, he 
embodied that he exuded the music he embodied the spirit of music of radio and you're right there's never going to be anyone like him and yeah it's so emotional talking about it here's steve talking about radio i think this is a a good place to end and thank you robin for coming on you know i love you and uh, I appreciate you being there for us in the community as well. Thank you for everything, Chris. I love you. Radio is radio. I mean, that's the thing, Chris. No matter what format, radio is being in touch. I always found radio to be, <clears throat> it was a personal connection yep. for me. Nothing more intimate. Right. And the people on the radio who were introducing me to the music were people I look to for that you know and, and it was I always felt there was a connection there yep the thing about radio that I always found great was I'd be listening to the radio and something would make me go oh wow mm-hmm. you can't do that for yourself and you can't do that with on-demand stuff you know you can go and say yeah that's my favorite song you go find it on youtube or whatever and listen to it over and over and over but it doesn't give you that that punch in the gut that when you hear something that makes you do that oh wow yeah and it makes you reach for the volume control instead of the tuner i get it you know what i mean and uh, i thought we were uh, we were done with the episode and this uh, this uh this this call came through and we're on right now with a dear friend uh, Steve, this is John Easdale of the band Drama Rama. Hey, John. Hey, how's it going? It's been a day, my friend, and um, I appreciate you checking in and sharing uh, just some thoughts and some memories of Steve. You guys have been friends for eons, yeah? Yeah, since we moved out here in 1986, pretty much. Uh, 91X was the only station, well... One of one of just a, a handful of stations in the country that that played Dramarama when we first came out. There, there weren't a lot of modern rock radio stations out there. Sure. And uh, yeah, I, I met Steve way back when, and um, gosh, he's been a, a, a you know, not only you know a supporter of, of our work, but but you know, kind of a true friend over the years. And he, there was a lot of we got we got together you know outside of the music business and, and outside of uh you know shows and 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 radio appearances and whatnot we yeah. we came to be true friends and um gosh you know he 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 was such a fighter such a trooper and and you know he he he'd survived the the prostate cancer and you know then became you know a, a marvelous advocate for it uh over the years and Oh, you know, I, I really, I, I thought he was—he was such a survivor and such a fighter. I thought—I thought he was going to outlast us all. I did too. That's why it's so hard for me to wrap my head around it after. And I'm so glad you brought it up because um, after his first fight and battle with prostate cancer, he just became such an advocate for for men to get tested, and he hosted all those Movember broadcasts and. You were always just such a resource to him, and he always spoke your praises. What do you think it was about him that uh, made him such a, a special friend to you, if you will? Um, I shared a story yesterday on, on Facebook about how we were sitting in a, um, 
IHOP and all of a sudden an alarm went off on, uh, and, uh, he was like, come on, let's go outside. And he, he pointed up to the sky and said, look, here, here it comes. And, and there was the, uh, the space station was, was flying by and he had the alarm on so he could go out and watch it. And it was, it was just, you know, a neat, a neat insight into the kind of a person that he was, you know, I love and, that. Yeah, he he still had like childlike wonder. Yes, and, and that marvel of, of of a child, and I I rem- I know that I, I I know that side of him that's so special, where he would just light up and get giddy, right? Oh yeah, no, just sweetest, nicest guy in the world, and also you know the other thing about him, after however many years, 40, 50 years doing this music thing, he still really was excited about it. You know, I know. He, he never lost that passion for it that. You know, after a while, sometimes you have to, you have to, you know, you you, you lose a little bit of it, you know, and, and yeah. he, he never lost a drop of it. No, I used to look at myself and go, man, wh- why am I not like Steve West? Why don't <laughs> <laughs> He's such a special person. And, you know, they say, as you know, you are who you surround yourself with. And he surrounded himself with you, which speaks volumes about yourself and who you are as a person to me, for what it's worth. Well, thank you. And, and. Like I, uh, I'm still in shock, and I, you know, did not expect this. Like he's, you know, he's kept us up to date on all his his trials and tribulations and everything he's been going through, and and I, I didn't realize that he'd taken a turn for the worse. I mean, he was he was on, I don't think he was on this past Sunday, but he was on the Sunday before. So yep. yeah, and he know. pre-recorded his show this Sunday too, and he was doing his little walk and talks with the mask and gloves, but you know. Obviously, you never know, and his uh, influence here in San Diego has been profound, and the connections he had to the artists and him bringing artists like yourself to us, I just, I'm so thankful, and thank you for taking time, John. It means a lot to us. uh, I wish I could say it was a tremendous pleasure, because it's it's really, I wish I wasn't. I know. I wish it wasn't, I wish I was talking to you for a much better reason, you know, it's, um, but I loved him, and... I miss him, and I'm going to miss him for a long time. And there's a uh, there's a GoFundMe that's been set up in his honor to help his daughter with any type of expenses, and I'll be linking to that outside of this uh, outside of the show. And uh, maybe when we can all get together and actually be together, we can do some type of benefit or have you come down here and play for his people. It would be my pleasure. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Chris. All right, thank you, John. I appreciate you, and much love to you and your family. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. And uh, regarding the uh, the GoFundMe, I'm looking at it right now, GoFundMe.com, saying goodbye to Steve West. Just put uh, Steve West or saying goodbye to Steve West in the search engine there, and uh, we'll start donating and uh, helping Steve's daughter out, Natasha. says here, Natasha is extremely grateful for any and all support as she makes her way through this incredibly heartbreaking time.